Hey everyone, I'm Ian DePorha, and welcome to Rice for Breakfast, a podcast about Asian Americans and pop culture. We have one review that came in last week, um, but I accidentally missed it from That Girl George. And she says, as an Asian American, I've struggled so much with identity, towing the line of my own culture and prominently white American culture. And this podcast has made me feel like I do have a voice and that I should join in the conversation. I'm learning so much of my identity and about contemporary Asian American culture. I want everyone to listen to this. Uh, thank you, That Girl George. I apologize for missing that last week. Uh, especially since that was an awesome uh, review to see come through. Uh, I'm incredibly thankful. I've had 30 reviews so far, but please keep them coming in. And if you haven't yet, please share and rate the podcast. Again, all the ratings really help um, in our discoverability on iTunes and such. People searching for Asian American podcasts can see this pop up more frequently. In Asian American news this week, the 3AF is pleased to be a community sponsor of the upcoming Comedy Comedy Festival, a comedy festival. It's scheduled for October 12th through 14th in Los Angeles. And what's cool about this festival is that the event will be the first ever all Asian American comedy festival in LA. It features a lineup of local Asian American comedians, and it is uh, produced by Disoriented Comedy and the Japanese American Cultural and Community Center in partnership with Asian AF. Uh, tickets range from 15 to 20 bucks, and you can get them at comedycomedyfest.com. So if you're in the LA area, October 12th to 14th, you should check that out. Uh, I'm sure it'll be an awesome time and you can support young local uh, Asian American comedians as well. This week's guests are Evan Kadera and Gil Payumo, founders of my favorite San Francisco food truck, Senor Sisig. I say this in the interview, but these two guys are actually the first on my list of people I wanted to interview when I thought of Rice for Breakfast uh, due to my absolute love of their fries and burritos. We talk about growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area, meeting in yearbook class, uh, those two, not me, uh, Evan's passion of Asian American history, the intricacies of starting a food truck, what the early San Francisco food truck scene was like, uh, legislation, getting their trucks uh, working and having a friendly competition with the other food trucks as well. Uh, and finally, the struggles of having to let go of some control in order to expand their incredibly successful business. If you're ever in San Francisco, I highly, highly recommend you find one of their trucks, grab a seasick burrito, sea log style, or with a fried egg in it, and you will understand my fandom of their food. You can follow me on Twitter at, at @ricebreakfast. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash riceforbreakfastpod. And you can go to riceforbreakfast.com for more ways to listen. So thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, eat your rice for breakfast. Evan and Gil, how's it going? It's good. good. How are you? Good. Uh, how was your fourths? Gil? It was good. How was it? It was, <laughs> it was, it was actually great. We had a, um, we, we usually spend it with our, um, our staff members, our employees. We throw a little barbecue for them. And so that's what we did yesterday. Had some, some good food, some soccer, and, you know, we got to enjoy the day. Nice. nice day. That's good. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are, pretty busy uh 4th of july weekend or uh, around the fourth summertime the bay area all the tourists and stuff yeah the summer gets pretty crazy i mean the, the weekends and the holidays are always kind of hit or miss mm -hmm. this one was weird because it was on a wednesday so either people it's like half half there's some that took the five-day weekend and maybe some others that weren't granted it so <laughs> right today was today was kind of it felt like a monday today <laughs> right yeah uh, i know everyone i was a little confused too and went back into the office today i was like all right at least it's just one more yeah. day until the weekend <laughs> right exactly yeah. 
Um, so tell me a little about yourselves. Uh, it seems like you two kind of have the dream. You grew up friends uh, in, in Daly City, correct? And now you've uh, run and operate your own business and a super successful one that's really popular uh, in the Bay Area and has gotten nationwide uh, press. Yeah, I know you were on drivers, uh, sorry, dives, drive-ins and diners, diners, drive-ins and whatever the order is. Yeah. Yeah. DDD. DDD. Either way you want to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah. Tell me about how you guys, uh, how you guys met first met way back when. Uh, Well, I'll give you the short and skinny. I mean, basically I transferred, well, I grew up in San Francisco. Gil grew up in Daly city. Um, And so I went to public school in San Francisco most of my life. Uh, When I was a junior, I transferred to a school in in Daly city, uh, which is where I met Gil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, our relation started there and it's been, uh, going on to this day. That's awesome. Yeah. My, my mom went to Daniel Webster in Daly city. There Did you go. ever go to St. Francis square by chance in Daly city where, uh, Pacific supermarket yeah. is? Yeah. My grandpa, um, and my grandma, they owned that video rental store, Jerry's universal that was in, um, St. Francis square. I don't know if you ever parents ever rented Filipino movies, but if they did, it probably came from there. <laughs> I mean, definitely I've been over there and actually I went to Daniel Webster. Oh, okay. And um, my, I, I think actually my parents might know, probably your parents, because they were, they were also in, um, my, my parents owned a, a small grocery store and we also rented videos. And, oh my God, And funny. did all the, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, a, just a general Filipino stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. Like buying boxes, anything you name it. Um, but yeah, I, I totally grew up around that area. I went to Jan Webster, went to Fernando, and went to Westmore. So I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in Daly City. That's awesome. So I'm familiar with all those places. That's great. Um, so growing up, did you guys have pretty traditional Filipino upbringings? Um, for me, yeah, definitely traditional. Very. Um, I mean, when you go back to growing up as a Filipino American, you don't realize how, um, to say closed minded. I mean, you mm-hmm. were because you weren't exposed to a lot of things outside of a, a Filipino family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very just traditional, you know, not always home cooked meals, you know, very religious, going to church, um, just, just your basic Filipino family that, you know, I experienced growing up and not until growing up and having my own family, you start to look back on things like, well, you know, I was really kind of sheltered. Hmm. Um, but I mean, it was a, it wasn't a bad thing. And you look at it always as a positive way and, and, and you're just truly blessed that you had that foundation. But now you, of course you want to give, you know, not only your family, but other people to kind of tell them about your story and, you know, how, how important it was before how you're raised. Right. And, and Gil, you're the main chef, correct? Or you are the chef, right? Yeah. So uh, you already just talked a little bit about, so did you have Filipino food like three days, uh, three meals a day and, and so forth? Yeah, definitely. I mean, seven days a week, it was Filipino yeah. food, unless there was that one off day that was a, some kind of someone's birthday or, you know, my mom would make spaghetti or, or something like that. And even that wasn't, you know, that was kind <laughs> of Filipino food because it was, you know, Filipino spaghetti. Right. But, you know, we didn't really, we didn't go out to eat too much. You know, it was just like, a constant rotation of Filipino dishes and, and, and I was, which I was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, you know, but again, I was very, um, close minded to other food. Mm. Um, and did you, 
but you enjoyed it, I'm assuming, or was it not until you got older you kind of looked back and uh, felt inspired to cook around that? Well, well, I enjoyed it, yes. I mean, it didn't, um, again, I, I kind of look back at my childhood and, and kind of absorbed all the things I was um, eating and all the stuff I was definitely watching my grandparents and, and my dad cook. Mm-hmm. Um, just going back to those times and, and looking at dishes now, Filipino dishes, and it just um, brings me back to that time. So, right. um, yeah, definitely. Like I enjoyed, you know, every little, every little repeated Filipino meal that I had growing up. Right. Uh, Evan, how about you? What was it like uh, growing up in, in San Francisco, right? Yeah, in San Francisco, um, uh, it was it was it was diverse to say the most. I'd, I'd say like <laughs> growing up in De- Delhi City in San Francisco might be a little bit different, right? Um, in that you know, I think Delhi City. I'm not. I, I don't quote me on the statistic, but I think it's like seventy percent Filipino. <laughs> it's a um, lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, and and where San Francisco, there, there, there's a it's you know it, it's it's probably one of the more you know you would consider like a melting pot, right. um, where there's just all sorts of you know religions and cultures and colors and everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything, everything is there. So like, um, so yeah, growing up in San Francisco, it it, it was it was uh, it, it was what it was. And then when I went to the Daily City, it was definitely like a shock for me, um, where I was like, wow, this is like really <laughs> totally different than San Francisco. Yeah, so I'm I'm half Japanese and half half white. Um, so you know my exposure to Filipino food really started when I went to Daly City, um, and a lot of it happened at Gil's house, <laughs> at, <laughs> at all those family parties. And but you know we had some other friends that 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 you know were in the area that had had parties and food. But you know like really my exposure started when I when I transferred to Westmore. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, so when did both your parents move over um, to the States or where did your grandparents move over first? Um, for me, oh yeah, for me, so um, actually my dad and, you know, my uncles, um, including my my grandparents from, um, you know, my dad's side came here around the late 70s. Um, okay. Probably mid, late 70s. And after that, my dad... Um, went back to the Philippines and married my mom and they came back, you know, right. Um, in the the early days, basically before I was born. Um, so yeah. And then, and from my other uncles and my, um, my extended family, they start slowly migrating, um, to Daly city, California, please. Just right there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, My dad came in, uh, late sixties and, uh, he was the youngest of six siblings. Um, so he was the first one to to make the move. Yep. Uh, and then he convinced two of his brothers to come as well. So there was out of the six, three came and three stayed. Have you gone back to? Uh, did you go back to Japan when you were younger or yeah, recently? Yeah. Yeah. So like every year, either once or twice a year, we would go back. Uh, starting at the age of about five. Oh wow, that's that's a yeah. lot. I mean, when I was younger, I would go back to the Philippines once every three or four years or so and i felt like i mean that that flight alone is brutal <laughs> i can't convince yeah them. yeah it was, it was a lot yeah. it was it was good for me though to, to be able to see that at such a young age and understand yeah. like that you know that there is another side to this world as well uh, gil was it the same for you or did you stay um in the states for the most part well i did say i mean so during like um you know the early ages i did only 
went, I went to the Philippines probably when I was like two years old. And after that, there was a large gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not until I was like probably nine or 10. Then after that, I was like 14, 15, around that age. And not until I got to my 20s, I, I kind of went there a couple, a little bit. Um, I, I went there often, um, but not necessarily kind of like a, um, a every year kind of thing with my family. Um, most of my family are definitely here. Um, only one of my uncles and, and some extended family um, are over there right now. So, um, yeah, it wasn't much, but it was enough for me to kind of like slowly, as I got older, kind of differentiate the lifestyle and, and kind of um, humble myself and, and definitely look at how the Philippines, um, the lifestyle over there compared to the lifestyle over here and not to take anything for granted. Right. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like the biggest takeaway, uh, especially when I went back. It's like, oh, wow, they really, you know, obviously family worked hard to make sure that they can provide Mm -hmm. uh, life over here. So you guys met in high high school, you said, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, How how did you guys first meet? Um, I think definitely it was in, um, we had a yearbook class together. And um, again, at the time, I think Evan was just coming into the school. Um, but I think we just started just hanging out just randomly either. I don't know what happened. Maybe we were in the same, like, <laughs> no, we had a mutual or... friend for sure. I think. Um, and then, Literally. and then Mark, I think Mark was like the mutual friend because I, like I had his, our mutual friend's girlfriend went to my old school. Got so it, he was buddy. one of the guys that I knew. And then, and that was basically Gil's neighbor. Uh. So, <laughs> um, and so like, but then we had the yearbook class and that like, me and Gil were just like just goofing off all the time in that class <laughs> together. So we became like, you know, really good friends in there. Did you guys, were you guys photographers for it or did you do the editing or anything <laughs> like that in particular? Yeah. I don't, really yeah, I don't, we I don't think we had any roles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just yeah. the roles to get the credit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I can't remember. Yeah. So, you know, the, they weren't probably very important roles. <laughs> but I do remember hanging out with Gil a lot. And so, right. you know. Nice. Good things uh, came from it. Yeah, obviously. Uh, so a- after that, did you guys go to um, college together, or what, what was it after high school? Yeah, well, I, we we kind of took separate routes. Well, Gil was actually he he graduated a year before me, um, and so you know Gil went to Heald, which was a computer science school, um, and then when I graduated a year later, I just went to you know State College out here in San Francisco, um, and started going that route, and so. Uh, you know, just for my direction, you know, I graduated with a uh, bachelor's with an in Asian American studies, oh, okay. and then and I also did a minor then in business. Um, after I graduated, I worked for a few years, and then I, I reapplied into the a master's program at State, where I got my MBA. What what uh, did you have like right when you went to college and you chose Asian American studies and, and business? Did you have sort of a vision of what you wanted to do with those afterwards, or just sort of something that interested you? Um, well, my passion's always been like business, so I've always kind of like been really interested in business and okay. learning different sides of that. I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, um, uh, but during being being at SF State, they they require you to take some ethnic studies classes. Oh, um, I didn't know that. And, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, a a category in order to get to kind of your major areas, you have to take ethnic studies classes. And so I took a, a couple Filipino culture classes, and you know, some a Vietnamese one, a Japanese one, and really just started 
embracing and under like the, we, we never was I ever taught taught Asian American history, right? right it was yeah, all U.S. history, right? right correct. So understanding just how all sorts of Asian Americans migrated, why, where, you know, all mm -hmm. that stuff was just really fascinating to me. And so um, it, it really didn't have an idea of what I wanted to use it for. Uh, it was just I wanted to learn it, you know, and, and, and learn more. Uh, so it, it, it just felt natural for me to make that my major. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, I, I had no idea that SF State had that um, yeah. requirement. Was there anything, I mean, other than the obviously the amount of uh, Asian American history in the Bay Area, do you remember anything that like stood out to you specifically that made you want to keep learning uh, and stay in that field a little bit? I mean, it was just interesting to kind of see all the, all the similarities, but also a lot of the differences between all the cultures and 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 reasoning and where they moved and um, you know, I, I really, really drew towards the Filipino history because, you know, I had I was influenced a lot of my friends were Filipino, but I really also embraced that culture a lot at that point. And so, um, you know, took a lot of classes on, on culture, background, history, all that. Um, and, you know, same thing, of course, my Japanese side as well. But, you know, I knew a little bit of that already because, uh, you know, you know, my dad and 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 just because it was probably taught to us in our family. So it was like kind of really trying to understand the other cultures, you know, as much as they allow you to within the little time that you're there. Right. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but have you, the documentary, um, searching for chairman or searching for general Cho. Have you seen that documentary before? I don't think so. So it's, it's really good. Uh, it's actually, Oh, have you Gil? I, I, I'm not sure. I must have probably seen clips of it, but I don't think I, I, I finished that whole, documentary yeah it's interesting it's i think it's on netflix uh it's a, basically about um you know chinese people immigrating to america and mm -hmm. how why chinese restaurants are found in basically any city in america and how like general cho's chicken kind of became a staple meal for american chinese cuisine uh, it's really right. really interesting yeah it, it's um sounds like something could be up your alley yeah i think I, yeah definitely i think i saw that because it was just talking about the gateway and how yeah. everything evolved and what what made them stick out as um, that the, the Chinese cuisine, the Chinese food, and what, what made people kind of fall in love with it, and why did it give, get a head start and, in, in, you know, into the masses. Right, yeah. I think I did see that, yeah. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, and so, Gil, so you went to a, you said Tech Healed, right? You went to Healed first, but and then you went on to Culinary Academy, right? Yeah, so coming from high school, you know, there was always, in, in the back of my, in the back of my mind, there's always this food with, I mean, this passion with food because me growing up around my family, my family had restaurants. My mom was an entrepreneur. She had her own business. So, um, and I loved cooking and it wasn't something like I was like, yeah, I wasn't thinking about doing it, um, you know, um, as, as a career, but just, I really liked doing it and enjoyed doing it. But of course money comes first and, and you kind of visualize what you want to do after high school and what's going to make the most money. And, and during that time, it was the whole, you know, tech boom, I right. graduated in 99. And, you know, everyone was talking about getting into computers because you're just going to make this amount of money and it's going to be, <laughs> you know, closer to like being a doctor or nurse. So you're going to make your, your parents, <laughs> you know, happy. Right. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I once to healed did, you know, kind of like I didn't complete the whole term because towards the end of the, um, my term, I was like, you know, why am I even here if I have no kind of interest in it? And, and I wasn't just feeling it. So, you know, after that, 
I just went back to just community college and just trying to figure things out. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to think about going to culinary school, culinary school after high school and, 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 and I was just worried about the, the financial part of it, but I, I did have an interest in it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So after, you know, going back to community college for like probably like half a year, I was like, I'm going to enroll myself and, and to the to, to culinary school in San Francisco, the whole term of um, two years at the CCA. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I was just, you know, in, in the, um, in the cooking industry and just trying to get my um, resume up and just go working for ho- uh, corporate hotels and, and small restaurants. And, and then, so Evan, uh, yeah. Yeah. So then you and Evan linked up again at some point. Yeah. I mean, we're always linked in a, in a, in a sense of like, we're always good friends. We always hung out. We're always oh, okay. like a, mm-hmm. good. It's not, or the word, you know, at, we weren't distant or anything like that. We always hung out. We, so, you know, after high school, we we're still, um, you know, pretty close. Um, it's just our career paths were definitely different. Our schooling paths were different, definitely different. But, um, and and that's what was good about it because it wasn't something like he came out of the blue and just said, "Hey, you know, remember me?" And you want to do this? <laughs> yeah. It was just you know kind of like a vision he had, and and you know at at my point in my career, I was kind of um, getting to the point where I was like, okay, I have my path. Um, I do want to climb the corporate ladder as a, as a, as a chef in the wholesale industry. Mm-hmm. And I had my kind of pathway kind of drawn out a little bit and Evan kind of shook it up in a good way. So, you know, now we're here. That's awesome. Uh, so Evan, how, how did you come up with the idea or what inspired you? Well, I mean, the idea, it, it, it took, it, it took steps, right? So I think like the idea was more of street food, food truck mm-hmm. to start. And when was this? Uh, Sorry, what year did you kind of start? Well, the the conceptual idea of a food truck was it, it, it's it started in about I'd say around 2007. Okay, uh, was when I was noticing things and I was mm-hmm. thinking things about food trucks um, because you know I, I grew up in San Francisco, I lived in San Francisco, uh, and I you know I started traveling you know in my early 20s a lot, and so I would I would go to other cities. I was in other countries and I would mm-hmm. see a strong street food present, whether it's carts or um, food trucks. Right. And so a lot of these other cities had street food. And uh, at some point I just started really questioning, like, why does San Francisco not have that same presence? Because, right. we, I mean, we, we literally had a couple of hot dog stands in Union <laughs> Square and, and maybe on Mission hand- Street. At, yeah, uh, after midnight. Of, yeah, handful of uh, yeah, exactly. Like taco trucks that were on near in the mission. Right. Um, but you know, like compared to to other cities that I visited, it 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 was so small, um, which didn't make sense to me. You know, as, as I started kind of to continue to travel and bring it back home and my experiences back home, saying like, look, like we have probably one of the most diverse culinary. Um, areas in the world and in san francisco so like you could almost get any type of food you want but it was right. coming from brick and mortars um and some of the best as well that, mm-hmm. I, that, that i that i would taste and so um you know around 07 is when i was like look like uh, there was a lot of things going on it was like first of all looking at the industry just kind of scanning the environment saying like look why isn't there this but also me being like look i've already went to college i'm kind of frustrated with my position um you know, where I was working, I was working a full-time job and I was just, it just the, the, the climb of, you know, like Gil said, of, of the corporate, 
corporate ladder was just too slow for me. And I was just like, it's not, it's not, it's not, I'm not built for this. I, I, I'm, I'm not doing myself any justice or the people that I work for any justice. So I need to kind of, um, do myself a favor and, and try to figure out something where I'm working for myself, at least give it a shot. Right. Um, and so, um, that's kind of the idea started to come into fruition there. And then in a couple years later was when like Twitter started and we started kind of to see people talk about different types of food trucks. Um, and one of the ones that, that caught my, my eye, uh, on Twitter was uh, a lot of people from, you know, down in LA were talking about these Korean tacos. Yeah. Um, Koji, and, right? Know, it, it was Kogi. Ko- yeah. Kogi yeah. with, uh, you know, Roy Choi. Um, I think they started in 08 or 09. So some sometime around there. And, um, you know, at the time, you, 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 I don't think anybody really was like, Korean tacos, what is that? <laughs> right. right? And, uh, um, you know, now it's not as surprising. But so I, it was around middle of 2009 where I was down in L.A. with a couple buddies. Um, and we were just driving in the middle of the afternoon. And we, we happened to pass by a truck or a food truck with a long line. It was like probably 40 people at it. Um, and I was, I was just tripping because it was, it was the daytime. It wasn't, it wasn't after the club. It wasn't like <laughs> right, right. night. Everybody's drunk. Right. And so, cause that's what you're normally used to seeing a crowd at a food truck. And so we, I immediately, we pulled over, we, we, and, and, and sure enough, it was Kogi. Um, and, and, and that was kind of like my aha moment where I was like, aha, like this, this is what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about opening a food truck. I was thinking, like, maybe we'll do bento or ramen out of a food truck to, before this, right? Right. And then it was just like, oh, man, these K- Korean tacos. So <laughs> came back, started kind of building the idea of, like, we'll do everything. We'll do Korean. We'll do Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, Thai. I was like, you know what? Like, let me hit up Gil. Let me hit up Gil because I know Gil's cooking. You know, and yeah. I don't I don't really I, I like to cook. I like to eat. I love food, but I don't want to be the chef. And plus, I don't have any recipes. And I'm not like I, I wasn't a cook like that. Like I could follow a recipe, but like I, I was it wasn't my my passion. So I hit up Gil and, um, you know, just told him I had this idea of doing like some type of Asian fusion with, uh, you know, Mexican concepts. Um, and, and he got really excited about it. And, uh, you know, we 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 kind of narrowed that down to filipino and and then that's when gil was like look like how about seasick you know like <laughs> seasick would be good in it it makes so much sense it's chopped up meat um yep. and we gave it a shot and and sure enough it was it was perfect and so um that's kind of how it kind of came to where we were just like okay we're gonna focus in on seasick uh and and use that as our kind of main ingredient to everything that we do um and then we will still be able to do everything else but uh, we also saw seasick as something that was people knew about. Filipinos mm-hmm. knew about it, but like yep. it wasn't very popular at that time. Um, it wasn't popularized yet, at least. I think like lumpia and adobo. Yeah, pancit um, maybe. Add, yeah, maybe pancit. Yeah. yeah, like, but um, and they've heard of bullet and they've seen bullet probably. <laughs> right. Well, you know, to the to the average non-Filipino though, it's probably just lumpia. Yeah. Maybe maybe adobo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you know. We saw it as as a risk, but also an opportunity. Um, you, know, you know, this isn't something that people know about, but we also felt like, look, you know, it can be that thing that 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 people want to know about, and and because it's that tasty and it goes that well with what we're trying to do, and um, you know, so we did take a risk, but we also saw the opportunity. That's, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, 
so Gil, was the Seasig um, recipe you used inspired from your family, or did you come a bit come with it completely on your own? No, definitely came from my family. My my dad, um, I don't know if I mentioned, my dad was the cook in the family. Mm -hmm. And this is like the dish that we were kind of um, always uh, bringing this to the family parties. We're the only family that took the time that from the marinating to the chopping to, to kind of bring this to the party. And people kind of expected it. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, are they going to bring the seafood to the family? Because <laughs> yeah. we really want that. So it all, you know, sparked up from that and, and and really, if you really get into um, detail with it, it's really after when you take it back home and you save it for the next thing. What are you going to do with that seafood? And I just like, whatever, I'm going to do, you know, whatever I, I, I can. And this is like the early stages when I'm not like probably, you know, beginning high school or even early mm -hmm. junior high when I was kind of experimenting with food just because I was hungry. Um, right. <laughs> just take, taking the seafood, making quesadillas and and just making like, you know, just regular tacos or whatever the case was. So it was just something that was kind of similar to, you know, Mexican food that they had the protein, you would put it in, you know, whatever you want. And, right. and it kind of like, you know, it was just so easy. And, and, and just, just with that kind of like sparked something, you know, once Evan was just bringing up the whole Filipino food thing and, and just ideas and, and you know, the whole seafood taco kind of just sparked up out of nowhere. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the uh, traditional seasick though is made with pigs, pigs head, you know, cheeks and, and ears mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, did you? Yeah. And you guys don't use that part, right? Use the shoulder, right? Yeah, we we, we definitely use the shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been the recipe my my dad kind of um, made. It mm -hmm. was never from. It's not the fact that we didn't like it. Right. It was just more prone to all every single person in the families with my cousins that are, are super picky eaters and right or you know, even the people that are used to eating traditional like pollutant seafood it's it's fine for you know for, with them also because it's like all pure meat and, <laughs> yeah. and you're not gonna you're not gonna discard or put anything aside and say hey i don't eat the ears but i do right. eat the cheek right it's stuff like that so it's just a more meteor recipe and and definitely um, that's another thing that kind of made it more appealing to the masses is right. like, Hey, I'm not saying this is traditional seafood, but I, it is our seafood. Yeah. Our seafood, seafood. That's so, awesome. and, and that was a barrier in the beginning they were trying to break is we're not saying we're traditional. We're, we're saying we're a fusion and this is our style. And, mm -hmm. and it took a while for people to get that point. Um, and I think people kind of got that point as we grew as a, as a business and a brand that it's about us you know, creating our own style, creating our own kind of, you know, flair to it, not traditional. And that's, I think that's what helped the kind of the Filipino food to kind of get in there and, and kind of like shake it up a little bit. So you said there was like a little pushback on the, was that from, um, what w did you hear original feedback of saying they didn't want it to be fusion at first or what was that? I mean, I think it's like a little bit like the beginning when we we're starting the business, people were, kind of knocking us for not being traditional. Right. Um, but that's what made people want it also, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, when we say people, I think it's, we're talking about Filipinos. Right, yeah. Because they, they've, they've had traditional before. Um, yeah. and, 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 and I think it's generational too. It was more like the titas and the titos. Like <laughs> they, they, the ones that have had it maybe, you know, growing up. Whereas like 
we were in our 20s at the time. And so yeah. like our generation, you know, they they weren't as like emotionally uh, uh, attached to, to tr- traditional, non-traditional. You know, the, our generation was like, wow, you guys were doing something different. Yeah. It's tasty. It's delicious. Like, this is great. You know, and so um, there was there was all sorts of different reactions. And then there's other people that never had seasick or any type of Filipino food ever. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. they're like, there's so much flavor. Yeah. I can't believe it. You know, and so. Um, yeah, so I mean, those mixed mixed reactions, both both good, positive. You know, I I, I, I wouldn't even say negative. I think, right. you know, it's just it's, it was something different, and so, you know, with, with change comes, you know, some of that. Yeah, no, that's great. So you you started in 2010. When did the truck first open? Yeah, 2010. Yeah, we just had our our eighth year anniversary. It was like mid June. Wow. Congrats, Ben. That's yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And you guys have yeah, like so you. many trucks now. So, uh, what was it like getting the business started, um, especially since you were maybe the first food truck or one of the first food trucks uh, in San Francisco in terms of getting the city to jump on board and um, all that? I, I mean, it, it wasn't. I don't think starting a business ever would be easy, right? right? Um, so, I mean, like especially our, you know, this was both of our first businesses, so. Um, it's hard to compare it to any other business, you know, that, that was maybe more mature as far as an industry goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there, there was definite struggles. I mean, we've, I've, I never, even though like both Gil and I, like Gil had, had his shop with his parents and he worked in several kitchens. Um, you know, my, my, my dad's and my uncles were all restaurateurs as well, but we've never operated out of a food truck. Right. <laughs> so the food truck was totally foreign to us. And so, you know, just learning what a food truck was, how they operate, what's a good one to buy and all those type of things was a task in itself. Um, and then th- there was a lot of barriers to entry in San Francisco and we wanted to operate, you know, in San Francisco to start. Um, and, you know, the, the laws, the regulations that that that, um, you know, permitted food trucks were a little bit out of date or a yeah. lot of bit out of date, actually. Um, um, and we're a huge barrier to mo- entry, which. You know, in hindsight, you know, to, to my thought of why isn't there as many food trucks as you might see somewhere else, you know, that's what it was. It was that there was just too many barriers and it, it was too hard for people to, to get in to the industry. And so, um, you know, when we started, we were lucky enough that there was some like minded individuals, you know, yep. there was some other people doing other food trucks as well. Um, and what that that mm. created was the opportunity for someone like. Uh, Matt Cohen, who founded Off the Grid, yep. um, to 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 start a company like that, where it's a, with, where it's food truck event based, where he curates the event, gets all the permits and and finds the places to do it, um, and then we bring these food trucks together, right? And so they 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 also had their eighth year anniversary because we all started at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I remember when those and, all started coming up. Those lines were <laughs> insane. The first, right. I mean, it was huge. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was great. I mean, that, those things were great. It was I, like I remember the first one we did. It was probably like maybe five food trucks because that's all the new food trucks that there were, a couple tents. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first year it grew. You know, I think it grew up to maybe six or seven or eight that year. And the, those are all new businesses starting. Right. But um, you know, it, it was all new. It was all new to everybody because outside of you know your your taco trucks maybe in the Mission or in Oakland. The, you know, there wasn't really the concept of a food truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the concept of food truck was new. And then there was the concepts that were coming out of those trucks that were new. Um, and it was, it was just really unique because, like, 
we were able to do this because, you know, the, the barrier to entry on, on, on an investment level is a little bit lower. Right. Right. And so we don't have to invest on a half a million dollar build out, sign a 10 year lease, you know, and and then and then, you know, you're not really able to be that creative with that because, you know, there's too much to risk there, Right. Whereas, you know, if, if we buy a fifty thousand dollar truck, you know, and, and try to figure out we have a little bit more flexibility with trying new concepts. Um, and so, you know, the timing was, 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 was great too, because it was, it was a recession. I mean, the recession was never great, but you know, there was a lot of trucks on the market because traditional, um, food truck owners that would do kind of routes to construction sites were, were kind of in this, this area of grayness where they didn't know how to operate because nobody was building anything. Right. And so, you know, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we operate? How do we continue to make profits? You know what? Let's just sell the truck. Um, and then on the other side, there's a lot of prof- working professionals, gourmet chefs, a lot of other chefs losing their jobs, looking for something to do that's, you know, more more for their passion. And, um, you know, when you combine those two things with the, with the availability of these trucks and people, you know, really skilled chefs um, and then low investment, you can start to do these things that are that are kind of outside the box that you really probably couldn't do if you had to invest a million dollars into the space because it would be too risky. What was it like uh, as you're trying to figure out how to make these businesses successful um, in the barrier when you were first getting going? Like, do you guys work, uh, you know, work with each? I know you obviously talk about off the grid, but in terms of uh, do you guys meet frequently to try and figure out ways to work with the city better or, um, you know, how you can prepare the food better in these trucks and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll speak on the go. I mean, I think that um, yeah. there, there's two things there. I, th- I think between food trucks, there was this this kind of friendly competition energy because of course, yeah. uh, you know on one side you know we are competing because we're separate businesses but we're also building something all together right and so like trying to build the street food presence in San Francisco was something that we were all doing together whether you were a food truck or whether you were off the grid um, as an event and so there was something really special going on the the energy was really special during those first few years because um, it was such a growth and there was all, always a new business coming on. It felt like every week there was another business that was coming into the industry. Um, and, you know, that that was good uh, because it, it made the city take notice and they had to make some changes to the laws, um, you, know, uh, to, you know, to keep it kind of simple. Basically, public spaces being like metered spaces were were basically you you weren't, you weren't able to get those mm-hmm. uh previous to 2009 um so really the only uh, way to to operate would be uh, in private lots or for private property um and so it was really hard to get private property and so we had to kind of push through and and help change the the legislation in San Francisco in regards to public spaces um and you know I think Matt Cohen with off the grid was kind of the the one that took the the dog by the collar and, 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 and led that, that, that push. And we did have meetings, you know, we, we you know, I remember meetings where, where it'll be 10 different food truck owners all together. And like, what, what, what should we propose? What, you know, how does this work for you? How does this work for you? And, um, you know, those things were all, all proposed and, and legislations were wrote and, you know, it's, it's a different kind of industry now the, the barriers are, are, are still there. Um, but you can come in if you, if you want to, but it's, it, it, the life cycle has kind of changed a little bit compared mm-hmm. to then. <laughs> so, so the, the industry's matured a little bit too. So it's a, it, you know, it, it, there's always 
different times and, and, and barriers at different times. But that's kind of what it looked like in the early stages. Yeah. And now there's the Soma Street Food Park, right? Um, right by that Costco mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if even more have opened up since then, but it's pretty crazy to see the, the growth there. It's awesome. Um, right. So once you guys, you guys took off in terms of like popularity uh, very, very quickly. I mean, you guys won a bunch of awards like your first or second year. And uh, so what was it like when you guys started? I mean, you said earlier how you were inspired by seeing the Kogi truck line uh, 40 people deep. You guys quickly became that. Um, so what was it like for both of you? Um, I can speak a little bit on this, but, um, I mean, for us, I think, um, you know, we're so motivated even from day one and, and, and our, our focus was to just keep on going and not look back. And, you know, of course, winning the awards and the accolades and, and just getting noticed with, with the city and, and even, you know, to the day nationwide, it, it gave us more fuel to keep on pushing and, and kind of, you know, to, to succeed and, and, and to, to build our business stronger and stronger. Um, um, and, and times like, you know, when we do um, go to award events or, or even do like podcasts like this, it doesn't, you know, it kicks in a little bit more. Definitely we're very <laughs> humble to, to kind of like talk about it. And, and, I, and I'm, you know, um, and I think we in, enjoy definitely talking about it. And, and we, we do cherish these times to even look back and say, Hey man, we're like, you know, we're, we're doing it, but we, we just want to keep on going and nothing's going to stop us. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, in terms of, obviously, like I said earlier, when you were basically the first people on my list, I wanted to reach out to I mean, it's, uh, growing up in the Bay area as a Filipino American, it's, uh, it was inspiring to all of a sudden when I'm with my friends at lunch, uh, we find out you guys are around and we'll walk 15, 20 minutes, stand in line, you know, it was cool to have people like really want Filipino food. Um, mm-hmm. So you should know that the, you know, people, obviously the, the passionate fans of your guys' food uh, f- feel the same way about it back. So it's good. Yeah. yeah. That's what feels good. That's what feels <laughs> good is, is, is to hear that from people. Because uh, we're people people. <laughs> you know, like that, that's what it's about. You know, like it's not, it's, it's not about the accolades or, you know, the money. You know, that, that's all nice. You know, you need, you need the money to, to, to continue to go, right? But <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the, the accolades are nice because it's recognition. But, you know, when you hear it from individuals that, that, are, that are in the community, because we're just like any of us, you know, yeah. um, that's, I think that's what feels best. Yeah, I think my friends, when they come, you know, we, they would come down to visit for Outside Lands Music Festival and they would say, oh, we got to go to the, the, the seasick truck you guys always talk about. And we'd make sure we get there, you know, during the festival at some point to eat a seasick burrito and then go on to <laughs> the next show. Right, right on. Yeah. Uh, and so now, how many trucks do you guys have now? I think, what, five? Even more than that, maybe? Yeah, yeah five, five. Five now, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, in terms of, on both your ends, like, what was it like, as, like, on the business side, realizing you can develop like that? And then, Gil, what was it like, um, you know, sourcing people to cook the food in all the trucks? Uh, was that hard, sort of handing off the, the reins to your recipes and all that? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely the, the whole, uh, training process and hiring process was, um, you know, something that was more of a, a challenge for me. Of course I could cook all day. I could, you right. know, I could, you know, serve as many people as I want, but the, the true challenge, you know, the real challenge is, is how can you take your knowledge and, and kind of give it to somebody else and, and understand that it's not going to be identical, mm-hmm. but you would do the best that you can to kind of support them and kind of you know, kind of duplicate what you want, you know, what our, what our, what we want them to do. 
Um, so, I mean, th- that was definitely a challenge for me, just, you know, training, but I think it just came naturally. And, uh, you know, till this day, I think we, we always value the training process and, and value how much um, time that we kind of spend teaching people. And, and if that's from our customer service and, and our standards from, from cooking an egg to like warming up, you know, the sea fig to, to making rice, you know, little things like that, you know, may sound, you know, pretty simple in, in, in the industry, but you know, if simplicity and, and, um, foundation and consistency is, is definitely put into your business, you'll succeed because, you know, it, it's very simple and very straightforward. That's great. Uh, Evan, how about you on, on the business growth side? Yeah, I mean, business, food, I think it's all emotional, you know, to let go <laughs> yeah. of, of, of any of that. You know, I, this was at the time we started this, neither Gil or I had had a kid. So this was kind of our baby. Right. Um, and so, like, you know, I, I think we, we, you know, the first two, maybe three years, it was me and him. Yeah. Every day doing everything, working our butts off, man. Like. And I mean, no you know, breaks, no holidays, right? You guys are no breaks, no <laughs> holidays. You go home, you work, you go to sleep, you wake up and, and, and it, but it, you know, we did it cause it didn't feel like that. Like it didn't feel like, Oh man, again, I got to do this again. We were, we were, we were enjoying all right. that. Um, it's just, you know, like we, we had, we had the opportunity to continue to grow. And if we wanted to continue that growth, we had to let go at some point. And, and that was for me really hard. Yeah. You know, I think that was one of those things where I didn't, I, I just didn't trust people to do it the same way. But, you know, I, 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 there was one day where I just was like, you know, like I have to trust that process. Like, you know, maybe they won't do it the same way. Um, and that's fine, you know, right. but it's, it, it, it's, I have to learn how to, to create protocol and, train them and you know down to the egg like Gil said you know like, this <laughs> yeah, is right. how we like our eggs cooked it's <laughs> yeah. such, like everybody can cook an egg I, I hope but you know like it's like we all do it differently but this right. is how we are all gonna do it while we're, we're we're working here and so you know it was it was hard I think the, the we hit we hit this point to where it was like either we we keep doing what we're doing or, or we have to learn how to kind of let go right um and um you know, once we did that, I think that's when we really started to see the growth pick up. That's also a testament to your guys' friendship. You guys were riding around that truck for two, three years, basically by yourselves, nonstop. Uh, yeah. that, that's <laughs> that's also a good sign that you guys were, <laughs> were able to keep that going and, and continue to be successful and not uh, rip each other's heads off. So that, that's yeah, for sure. <laughs> Last questions here. Do you guys plan on um, doing a brick and mortar or expanding more out of the Bay Area? Or is that yeah, yeah, I mean, under wraps? <laughs> I mean, we, we could both we, no, we could both speak on that. I, th- I mean, I think that's 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 the question we always get, right? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, the answer is yes, no, maybe so. I guess. Okay. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. It's one of those things where 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 we're doing a lot of different things, and and and, and we're we're kind of, we're trusting the process. We're looking. We're always looking at, at where we're going to grow next, and um, you know, we we just did a pop up in New York. Um, people are like, why are you doing that? Are you trying to open up in New York? It's like, <laughs> not, not really. You know, I mean, we're just, we're just doing things, you know, we're, we're challenging ourselves and, 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 you know, some, sometimes, you know, not going a certain direction is, is also a direction. Right. right? It's and the better so, thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, so yes, I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we're always looking forward um, when the time's right, if there, if there's to be a brick and mortar, whether it's here or somewhere, somewhere else outside of the Bay Area, you know, we're, yep. we're looking at it all, you know, and so it, it's fun. Yeah, I w- was just talking to somebody um, from uh, from the Philippines and, you know, they were asking it, you know, they were like, you should open in the Philippines. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, like, you know, it's it's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how, will they, how will they respond to it there? And so, like, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. It's great. Well, for my pitch, Seattle has – Seattle's pretty good with Asian food and there's a – the food truck scene is slowly growing here. So if you guys have any interest. <laughs> yeah, we, we ha- I had a whole list that might have been a little bit ambitious for this year uh-huh. to, uh, to do pop-ups in. Yeah. Um, and, and Seattle was definitely on the top five. So Awesome. Yeah, there's a really yeah. good Filipino bakery up here called um, Hood Bakery. They do like okay. uh, ube, uh, like lemon, like or they do calamansi lemon squares. And like oh, I heard about Ube those. stuff, yeah, it's really, really good. So if you guys are up yeah. here, we should try that. Um, sure. yeah, awesome. So uh, where can people keep track of you guys? Find you guys online, and if they're in the barrack, try and find your food. Well, I mean, if you're trying to find the trucks, I'd say the website is uh, the best place to find us. Just Google Senior Cisa; it'll probably be the first hit. Um, you know, if you kind of want to see, watch us, follow us on our day to day, you know, this lifestyle stuff. Uh, Instagram is this king right now. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, you know, a lot of that is kind of just more updating the algorithms on there are crazy. Right. So, <laughs> right. Um, you know, we're really, I would say like, you know, info, we're, we're about to drop a new website. It's going to be a lot more interactive, some blog posts and, you know, other awesome. stuff you can't get on the social. Um, so, you know, that should be done in about a month or so. Uh, so that'll be, we're, we're excited about that and that should be fun. But, you know, for now there's, there's, there's a website with the schedule and Instagram. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, Evan Gill, thanks for your time. That was that was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to finally get someone on the folks and down chat. Yeah, yeah, Thank for you. sure. I appreciate it. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay. All right. See you. Have a good one.